Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode number 51 of the KDH podcast. Today's a very, very special episode. I've got my mentor on, Phil Graham. How are you doing? Christian, I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me on and taking the time to do this for all your amazing market. Hope you're good. No, no, I appreciate you coming on. I feel quite nervous as well for it. It's one of those ones. I've had a lot of big guests on the uh, on the podcast, but it's one of those ones where it's like looking over my shoulder, am I doing it right? So I'm actually buzzing for it and people will be laughing because they'll be hearing that sort of nervousness in my voice as well, whereas I usually come across like, let's fucking go. But um, so yeah. um, this podcast today is very, very suitably, uh, su- suitably named. It's called Big Thinking with Phil Graham because again, that's what you're all about. That's what you're teaching me to do. So to give everyone a bit of an insight to who you are and what you're doing, just what's your story and what are you doing now, Phil? Okay, I'll keep this straight to the point. You guys can get everything in my backstory and how it's led to where I am today. So it all really started getting adventurous when I was 16 years of age and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Didn't look after my health, didn't look after my lifestyle, literally ate everything in sight, didn't exercise, and was the complete opposite of health, fitness and everything that I sort of do and coach right now. And long story short, when it came to that diagnosis, I remember that I was speaking with the health advisor at the time and the language that they used around the complications that would happen with type one diabetes, you might go blind, you might lose a limb, you might this, you might this, you might die younger. The word might told me that there was opportunity, told me that there was potential here to actually save myself. And then followed the words of nutrition, diet, lifestyle, mindset, medication, exercise, all of this stuff. And from that moment onwards, I went from not valuing my life, not valuing my health to immediately valuing all of those, researching them, studying them, And I mean, to a very, very high level, I went to university and studied clinical nutrition and biochemistry and everything involved in exercise, mechanics and physiology, and literally geeked out on all that information so that I could understand my body better and that I could control my condition and protect myself from dying or ultimately getting a serious health complication. Um, Throughout that quest and that journey of acquiring that information, I fell in love with bodybuilding. And I was told that I was never going to become a great bodybuilder. I was told that I was never going to be able to get lean or go on stage or cut carbs or do any of this stuff. Long story short, I was able to win and compete in various different competitions around the world as a junior bodybuilder, including Junior Mr. Universe, Junior Mr. Northern Ireland, Junior Mr. Ireland, Junior Mr. Europe, Junior Mr. Britain, um, you name it, Junior Mr. World. And I was a very successful junior bodybuilder. I was sponsored by BSN. And long story short, I committed my life to bodybuilding, which, as you know, heavily revolves around nutrition, training, exercise, mindset, regime, the lot. Um, That was my real sort of uh, sort of get out of jail card in terms of protecting me from the bad diet and all the other bad habits that typically occur with people with type one diabetes. And during that sort of discovery, whilst I was studying and I was doing bodybuilding, I wanted to become a dietitian. That was my dream job. I wanted to become a dietitian. I wanted to help people with their nutrition and their diets. Food always interested me. And as I got better at bodybuilding and I won more shows and evolved, I had a lot of people reaching out to me and asking me, hey, can you coach me? Can you advise me? And I did. Um, And that's where my personal training business was born. I started coaching people one-on-one. I was one of the first online coaches in the UK. And... uh, 
I grew that to a very successful and powerful business uh, as a one-man band as much as I could. And it was over that time period that I began to get more and more requests for coaching, more and more requests for personal training and online coaching. And it just grew and grew and grew. And at the same time too, I also realized that there was a massive gap in the market in the world of diabetes. So I decided to write an encyclopedia on diabetes, exercise and physiology and nutrition and how to basically build a great body with type one diabetes. And I grew that into a massive worldwide community called Diabetic Muscle and Fitness. And at the same time too, in conjunction with that, I had an awful lot of fitness professionals that saw the success that I had, not only in bodybuilding, the education, um, and I got an awful lot of requests for business to business coaching and mentorship. And it was over time that naturally gravitated and grew into what it is now, Authority Network, which to the best of my knowledge is the world's biggest uh, fitness business mastermind. We sort of tend to dominate the whole entire market and set the standard for masterminds in the space. And that has attracted clients from all over the world um, in various different corners of the globe. And I mean, you're inside our community yourself. Uh, you get to see the sheer amount of life-changing stories pretty yeah. much every other day. Um, and it's quite powerful. Uh, so my work has gone from bodybuilder to a personal trainer to online coach to educator in the field of diabetes, uh, the whole way through to educator in the personal training space to now uh, business coach inside that. And uh, I get to impact people and help them achieve their, their dreams and build a business that they always wanted when they first decided to become an entrepreneur. So uh, that's one of my big focuses now. And one of my missions and purposes is to make personal trainers and online coaches uh, wealthy, successful, and uh, of great importance in the world, because I feel that, you know, their role is significant in protecting public health and, you know, preventing things like type one diabetes and stuff like that. And if I can provide them with the systems, the infrastructure and the mindset to go out there and make the best of it, more people are going to be saved in the long run. So, you know, that's the reason why I do what I do. That's crazy. That's a, a very, very insightful insight to you, Phil. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know a lot of that and I was interested to know because, um, so you could really argue that that doctor, when they told you and diagnosed you, was the sort of turning point to when everything kind of led up to where it is now, which is crazy. And I think one of the biggest things to take away from that is when I got into the fitness space as well, only four and a half years ago, your um, resume is a bit longer than mine's. It's no one tells you what can happen with fitness. It's unbelievable. And I think when people come on to working with me now, I talk to people with that level of conviction because I'm like, you don't realize how much this can change your life. It can actually just set the course for what you're doing. I think that's the biggest thing to take away from that. One of the things I was interested to hear about as well, I was going to ask you some questions about bodybuilding was my friend Andy, who's like into bodybuilding and strength training, sent me a picture of you the other day. And it must have been when you were literally in your absolute prime fill. And I swear to God, your forearm was the size of my waist. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, no way. That's uh, crazy. So yeah, and I think one of the things I kind of wanted to ask you See competing at that level of bodybuilding, like Olympia, Standard, Junior, like literally all the sort of the, the level that you worked at, has that influenced the way that you operate with the process, the way that you understand and show up with your, with your business? Absolutely. I mean, I've always been, uh, you know, from being diagnosed with diabetes and having to manage blood sugar multiple times a day, medication, and really just taking a note of everything and having data. Um, has really turned me into an individual that's hyper-organized, super-disciplined, and, you know, to a degree, regimen uh, as well. 
Um, and that is transferred and related into the bodybuilding because it's a very regimented kind of you know lifestyle. And then business, uh, very regimented, very disciplined in terms of key actions, key behaviors. And most importantly, out of all of this, patience, um, you know, the ability to do the boring work consistently, which ultimately leads to a result. Most people are in the in the in the the sort of mindset of quick fix, quick win. I want it now. That's not the kind of mindset you've got to have. If you want to build something great, you've got to do the boring work and you've got to do it consistently because that's where 99% of people feel in life. And that includes getting in shape, managing calories, managing protein, fat, managing your exercise, turning up, doing your check-ins for Christian, whatever it may be. It involves showing up. You know, you've heard the saying, a large part of success is just showing up, but making sure you're showing up doing the consistently the right things and knowing that this is going to pay off in the long run and having that faith and that trust in your own ability and your own efforts, provided that it's being guided by the right people or the right persons, that is ultimately going to yield yield success. Yeah, 100%. It is the, I remember that was something that stuck with me when I started working through all your modules and it was literally, it's the little things that add up. And I remember actually in the lead up to even before working with you, and I always prided myself on being the sort of person that showed up and I planned and I'd done all the work that not everyone else was willing to do. And you start to see that that's the one thing that kind of defines someone from separate someone to being successful to not is they are willing to do it, as you said, that the boring work. When would you say in your journey, Phil, that the biggest sort of, you spoke there, you were one of the first um, online coaches in the UK. When did you see the biggest rate of growth in you as a, as your business? When did you see the sort of biggest jump and when was the sort of biggest realizations for you? Did it happen like at any sort of given point or was it more of a sort of, just kind of involvement of a snowball effect? Well, I, I think, you know, I came from a very middle-class family. Father was an average businessman, um, not a superstar and certainly not a really bad performer. And I really just didn't want to settle for average. And ultimately that was sort of my starting point in terms of, okay, I don't want to replicate that. I want to build something better. And then throughout the course of my journey, um, you know, I think, you know, sometimes your best growth comes from, you know, uh, your, your biggest failures, your biggest sort of realizations that you're underperforming. And it was, you know, little periods of, of realizing that I was undervaluing myself, that I wasn't providing uh, myself with the best environment or, you know, the best level of conviction or, you know, I wasn't charging my worth and I wasn't really, you know, basically charging the right amount of money for my services and undervaluing yourself is a big thing that many people struggle with. And when I was able to look at the sheer volume and impact that I was having in many people's lives and knowing that I actually, once I got paid for that, that I can continue to do that on a, on a higher scale, that's when I began to believe in myself a lot more and push and grow the business and look at reinvesting in the business and also making more money to drive the impact on the business that it was ultimately occurring. Um, other things as well, you know, um, getting involved in conflicts throughout business. Every conflict teaches you some really useful wisdom that you can take and you can literally just, you know, plug in and go, right, I don't want to do that again. How do I avoid that again? Now I know that. What would I do differently? There's a lot of things there that, you know, have happened along the way. It wouldn't boil down to, to one event. But, you know, probably the biggest overarching thing is, asking yourself how can I can impact more people and how can I add value to more people's lives and usually that requires either getting rid of something doing something else reorganizing something and remodeling it um or you know doing more of something that you haven't done before and learning the skills and developing the characteristics to become better at that 
And if you're not happy with your rate of progress, I shared this this morning on our, on our mastermind, is that if you're not happy with your rate of progress and you've got a benchmark, it's because you simply haven't developed the characteristics or the skills to be able to maintain or achieve that level of results in that specific area that you're comparing yourself to or you want. So um, I mean, constant like goal setting, getting clear on why I'm doing this. What do I want next? What do I want out of this? You know, I regularly ask myself the question, define happiness. And that's on my terms. And if I'm not doing the stuff that I know that makes me happy, I'll then go, right, what am I doing that is not making me happy? And get really, really clear on how I can delete that or remove it from my life. Um, and constantly taking that attention to detail, grooming my life from day to day. Um, when you do that for multiple years on end, you build a great life because you're hyper aware of the circumstances, the environments, the people, the perceptions, the opinions that all face you on a daily basis. And you still know where you stand. You still know what you want. You still know where you're going. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. There's a quote, isn't there? It's the, 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 the quote, you the quality of your life is dictated by the quality of questions you ask yourself. And it's so true. And it's something that since working with you and your team of coaches, literally through the authority network, it's something that I've been encouraging my clients to do a lot more is that when people are feeling frustrated and they don't know more often than not, it's because they don't actually know what they're trying to work towards and they're not actually clear on what they want. They're maybe beating themselves up. They're saying things, my nutrition is bad. And you're like, define bad. What is it you want to gain from your nutrition? And when you start being clearer on what you actually want, you can gain a better perspective, which allows you to just work towards something. Because I think if, if you're not clear, it sounds stupid, but it does. It just goes back to having a goal, doesn't it? Just having a strong vision of where you're at. But it was one of the things that I really noticed when I went from getting average, inconsistent results with clients. It was when I actually started leaning in and creating that conflict and actually telling them what they needed to hear and not what they wanted to hear. And I think that's something that actually creates, that sets apart a good coach and a great coach is when they are willing to go, do you know what? Like the fact is I've had clients where I've told them, it's your job. Your job's just making you fucking miserable. That's why you're not getting results. It's not at the top of your list of priorities because of your family members not that interested in it. And as a result of that, it's making you feel low every time you talk about it. And sometimes people don't want to hear things like that, but the reality is for them to get the result that they want, they need to hear it. And I think that was something that I've even found more so that I've been even more, I was quite cutthroat anyway, and I became even more cutthroat, but it's not, you're not doing it out of badness. You're doing it to literally benefit someone. And I've had it even in the, the authority network where I've said something and Dave's literally came straight on me and went, no Christian, this is, this is the way it is here. And it, it's important to have a team of people that are willing to call you out, out around you. And I think if you are constantly in your life and you're surrounded by yourself with people that tell you everything's okay, you don't know what you actually want. And I think, can I take dissecting from what the things you've been talking about? That's probably something that a lot of people may be listening to this podcast right now. They're probably having that light bulb moment saying, I'm not actually clear on what I want. And I'm not actually being realistic with what I need to do. I'm just thinking I'm doing things that I want to do instead of like what I actually need to do to get results there. So yeah, loads of good takeaways from that. One of the things that you spoke about there was that you've mentioned a couple of things before in rapid responses and stuff and in, in a um, mastermind was yeah, you've had sort of your fair share of like conflict. Like a lot of people coming into their own fitness journey or literally trying to start something off for the first time you'll be able to comment a lot on this. Like, have you had many naysayers out throughout the entirety of your journey? Many people that kind of are negative towards what you've done or doubted it. How have you kind of dealt with that? And what would you recommend someone to do if they were maybe dealing with that? 
Yeah, of course. Uh, I've had a lot of naysayers in my life and you usually tend to find the bigger the vision and the vision that I have for myself is very large and extreme. Most people can't comprehend it, don't understand it and will be very quick to criticize it or talk you out of it. And again, that really boils down to what vision they've set for themselves. If you sit in, you know, I was out for dinner uh, at the weekend, everybody at the table is a multimillionaire. The conversation is very different to the conversation that I would have at home with my parents um, or the conversation I would have with many of my old school friends. Um, they're talking about different things that are aligned with what they want to do in their life versus the other things that are aligned in the other party's lives. So, you know, when you're surrounded by people that do not have a very high vision, they will tend not to understand or think that you are extreme or weird and you will likely not proceed with taking action on that because you're worried about actually achieving the result. Not that you know that you're not capable of it, but achieving that result and being rejected by the people that you're most familiar and comfortable with. And usually it's the people closest to you that can cause the most amount of friction. The old friends that make sarcastic comments about your new growth or how you prioritize your time, your parents reminding you why it's important to stay humble and all this kind of stuff. It's that kind of language that will ultimately hold you back from expressing your new self and changing and evolving. And you need to be very, very mindful of that and really do a strict audit on your company. And I've been saying this for many, many years, but look through your WhatsApp, look through your phone and look at the five to 10 people that you communicate authentically with regularly. And you will find that those are the people that will influence your life. So it's very important that over time, you learn to develop uh, the ability to really express yourself and achieve great things in life. And in return, you will attract more successful people into your life. Some people talk about environment and surrounding yourself with great and successful people, but that's not necessarily easy to do just by ringing them up and having friends that just appear out of the sky, you actually have to attract them into your sphere of awareness by ultimately being successful yourself. And normally if you've got a purpose or a vision or a future set for yourself, that becomes the very thing that you think about 24 seven and in many ways fills the void for the lack of company that you will have um, whenever you don't have that vision. So, you know, really getting clear on your goals ultimately I call it future is the most important thing yeah I think the biggest thing to take away from that was what you said was authentic conversation and sometimes when people like it's almost like when and it's like us talking about this right now it's not even in a, a patronizing way to say that you need to not talk to certain people or one of those the, the, the saying goes what is it you are the version of the five people you're with most that doesn't mean to say that you uh -huh. have to it doesn't mean to say that you have to literally start chucking people out of your life, but it just means that you just have to be aware that your current circumstances and mindset might not realign. And one of the things that I've heard over the years is someone saying to me that like, you've changed and you're like, good, I'm glad. Like that's, that's a good thing. Like you don't, you don't want to stay the same and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're acting like someone you're not. You're being the person yeah. you want to be. And sometimes people that have maybe stayed in that same position, they can't see that because they maybe look up to say, for example, some A-list celebrities or something. Those people, I'm not, I'm not just putting them in a pedestal, but this is what a lot of regular people may do. They may look at these people and put them in a pedestal. They didn't just get there by snapping their fingers. They've done it through literally becoming that person. And sometimes people, when they're trying to become a person, they, they don't realize that. And it's just, 
if you can, it, like when we're saying authentic conversation, like when was the last time you actually spoke spoke to someone about what you what you were doing with your life, how you were feeling on a day to day basis, how things served you? Do you know what I mean? And if you can, if you can't think of that, and it's good to try and find people and, and create that, and that's a realization I've had with a few clients, even more so in the past six months working, well, four months working online when people have made big change to their life, and they've started to realize that they've made all these improvements, they've done all this work in themselves but they've realized all the friends that they have that have maybe been in the circle that they're in don't actually benefit them positively with their body and their mind. Maybe their friends are only people who they associate through drinking with and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's these light bulb moments that I've seen with so many clients. And it's a, it's, it's a strange one because like I've been there as well where you have these sort of, all right, like that isn't, my, I've got more to my life than this. I can actually do more here. And it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing, but it's, uh, I think that was the biggest yeah. thing I kind of wanted to take away from that was authentic conversation, like actually having a conversation with someone, not just talking about a narrative, a story, something, an identity or a belief, like, do you know what I mean? Just, just the football or... It makes total sense, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So one of the questions I wanted to ask as well, for someone that was looking to obviously like optimize their, their energy and their potential, whether that be for their fitness journey, like a... Um, what's it called, like um, a business or that at all, what would you tell them to really focus on them, like, focus on first to prioritize in order to be the best version of themselves? Well, I think the most important thing to focus on is ultimately, you know, your future vision of what you want for yourself, what you want to be, what you've got to do to achieve that and what that will give you and get clear on timeframes as to when you would like to have it. Set those goals and create the intent to achieve that then making sure that you are looking after the very thing that's going to get you there, your body, your health, your body fat levels, uh, your sleep, your environment, like who you're surrounding yourself with, how you live in a day-to-day, what you expose yourself to, what kind of media that you consume. You may not think it, Christian, but you know I consume less than 20 minutes of social media a day. Um, I've got it down to that level. Uh, the reason why is quite simply because I don't want to read a highlight reel that's got a very low barrier to entry. Um, usually when you spend a good bit of time on social media, you don't tend to feel good. Uh, the research is very clear. The people that don't spend time on social media are generally happier. Uh, don't get me wrong, social media is a valuable tool. Setting in place non-negotiable behaviors that I know are going to protect me from health, they're going to protect me financially. Um, you know, very simple life wisdom principles, you know, like I'll exercise for 30 minutes a day. I'll eat my five fruit and vegetables. I'll sleep for seven hours a night. Um, I'll not live above my means. I'll not buy something that I can't afford. Um, I'll say no more often than I say yes. If I'm not happy with something, I'll, make, I'll raise my hand. Um, you know, having standards and expectations for yourself and how you live and the quality of your life is very, very important. And it's actually something very interesting when you sit down with a pen and paper and you begin to write this material out. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts. Oh, and it's going back to that level of basics. And when people come onto my program and they start working with me, like the first part is just all about lifestyle auditing, literally establishing a solid routine, a solid, solid structure. And before I've actually had it with clients, and I always joke about this, before I've even onboarded them, maybe I give them a few days, a bit of a buffer to start working through all my videos online. And I'm getting messages saying, Christian, I feel so much better. My energy's so good. And they're amazed because it's people's first instance to think just improvement and they just immediately think of exercise and your yeah, exercise is going to be the bread and butter of it. It's going to be something that's going to be a big part of your identity, but it's also being able to just look out for yourself, like having those rules, like something in the past year I've really lived by is just the no phone in the morning, no phone in the evening, just getting that away in those times because 
when you jump on there, I just found that that was something when I used to work in the gym and when I didn't have the time, when I was too busy, I had to operate my phone at that time because I had no structure, I had no rules and my mental health was in a bad place because I was just working six days a week, like like literally six days per week and wondering why my head was trash, wondering why I was stuck in a rut. And it's not until you actually start changing yourself and looking out for yourself that's the biggest one. And I kind of knew what your answer would be to that as well, like asking that. But I just wanted, the reason why I wanted to ask it as well, because it just falsifies it, hearing it from someone like yourself. And it just allows people to just get that message across even more. It's you that's the, if you can't look after yourself, you're not going to be able to look after anyone else as well. So yeah, that's a massive one there. So what's your sort of uh, plans for the future on that then, Phil? What are you, what's the sort of objective for everything? What's your sort of bigger picture I'm interested to hear? Uh, well, there's a couple of things and I'll, I'll just share a few light things in business to continue to build and grow the, the masterminds so that we've got clients in all the different countries in the world. I want to have clients from every different country. Um, I'm planning to write my first business book on uh, the whole fitness world and how to really build a, a profitable and incredible fitness business. And then I have also uh, plans and ventures for uh, meal leadership, uh, mentoring and coaching for high net worth individuals that are in the six and seven figure range and really helping those guys because uh, individuals with that amount of pressure and responsibility and wearing that many hats in business and trying to grow companies are under a, a lot more pressure than uh, many may think. And it's a, it's a very volatile place to be, a very vulnerable place to be um, for, for any man or any woman. Um, and I, I really hope to impact uh, entrepreneurs that are doing great things and help them uh, develop the self-love and appreciation that they have for themselves and allow them to continue to operate and grow their mission. Um, currently just had a baby daughter. I want to be able to bring her up to become the best version of herself and really install good quality principles and wisdom with her. I actually record a video every every couple of weeks um, and store it in inside an album. I call that video journal on living well. And it's just basically my lessons and, and feelings and wins and perspectives and insights on life as I uh, go, go through um, my journey. So um, those are just a handful of things. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's good. I like it. And that's that's how I actually started getting to working with you was journaling as well, just tracking down something. Is that something that you're a massive believer in as well, Phil? Yeah, I, I journal multiple times a day. And uh, as you may know, I, I launched the first journal for fitness professionals called Mission Ready. And uh, it's been a huge success. We've sold thousands and thousands of copies. Uh, but it's been a very inspiring and exciting project because journaling and productivity and time management and energy and state management is something that, you know, I feel that I've brought to the whole fitness space. Not many people were aware of how to manage their energy and their state, uh, their environment properly. Um, and I may have been teaching this stuff for, for, for quite some time. So it's very important. Yeah, no, 100%. You need to have all those rules there. I actually started, like, I actually mentioned it in the last podcast as well. Like, we were talking in last Friday's call and it was basically saying about kind of showing who you are. And I was just kind of made an open statement about how I'd been going to therapy and it was just to get down to the bottom of my own mind. And one of the things that uh, my therapist actually got me to do, and I've got it sat next to me right now, and it's been so therapeutic, is write down my life story from my first memory to the point of literally what I felt, what I've experienced and everything. And see, actually just writing this stuff down, it's it just it just unlocks so much within your mind. It's, it's good for you. And like something that I do, planning every single day, planning every single week, it's what I encourage all my clients to do. And when you do this, it just take pen to paper and it just completely changes your life. But um, no, Phil, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's been awesome. And it's been good to kind of, 
hear a bit more about yourself. Like I knew obviously some insights to your background and that as well, but it was interesting to hear how it all started, how it got to where it was got to and the sort of traits and the accolades that kind of got you to where you are now. So no, thank you very much for coming on, Phil. And Christian, thank you for taking the time to interview me. I know how much time goes into developing these podcasts, trimming it up and uploading it. So uh, your clients, your market, whoever's listening to this should be very grateful for you and uh, the value that you're bringing to them as well on a consistent basis. So thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. And guys, as normal, if you have really enjoyed the podcast, make sure you screenshot it and tag both me and Phil in your stories. Is your handle Phil Graham? Just Phil Graham or? Yeah, Phil Graham will want them quite easy to find. Yeah. 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 No, so just tag us both in it. And as always, guys, thank you very much and take it easy.